Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. As we enter into our fifth year, Nintendo Switch really is redefining what the console life cycle can look like and the vibrancy of that overall life with a strong cadence of content. This is a quote from Doug Bowser from an interview in the Washington Post. Basically, he's saying, look, we're not going to release new hardware until we release new hardware. And we're certainly not going to talk about it until we decide to make our own announcement. So maybe people should just stop asking. Of course, that's not going to happen. People are going to continue to ask. And of course, as a guy with a Nintendo podcast, I'm obviously going to talk about it when they when they, when they they are asked and when they answer these kind of questions. So look, in the past month and a half or so, we've seen a whole lot of rumors rekindled about the idea of a Switch Pro or a new Nintendo Switch or a Switch XL or a Switch that doesn't switch and just hooks up to your TV. We've seen a billion of these reports and I've talked about them here on the show and that's not really any different than what's been going on for the past few years because as soon as Nintendo dropped that Nintendo Switch, everybody knows that they immediately started work on whatever is coming next. Now, a lot of people, myself included, speculated that we would be getting a new Nintendo Switch during E3 or before E3. Of course, this was based on reports and rumors and let's be honest, most people who make these reports and rumors are speculating just like I am. So they probably don't know any more than we do, other than maybe they've talked to parts suppliers. And sometimes parts suppliers might be disingenuous when they are telling him something. So the idea that we all got duped, I don't know that that's necessarily true. Maybe Nintendo did have a Nintendo Switch Pro. Actually, no, that's not even a maybe. Nintendo absolutely has the next version of whatever the Nintendo Switch will be. But why bring it out now? I mean, I said there's there's definitely reasons why they should. Reasons along the lines of making it easier for third-party developers to port their games from systems like the PS5 and the Xbox Series X to the Nintendo Switch. But at the same time, when the Nintendo Switch is selling so incredibly well, it doesn't seem like the right time to bring out its follow-up. My guess is that they have the follow-up to the Nintendo Switch, 
in a glass case someplace and there's a little sign and a hammer there that says in case of sales dip break glass and ship this thing and when that happens nobody knows but it's always fun to talk about um here's here's what what Doug Bowser continued to say he said we're always looking at technology and how technology can enhance gameplay experience it's not technology for technology's sake and i would say that is definitely a differentiator between nintendo and the other platform holders i mean when nintendo you know i want to say gets up on stage because traditionally that's what happens when you uh launch a new system uh but I don't know, maybe the days of stages are over. But when Nintendo gets up on stage and announces a new system, they don't talk about the teraflops. They don't talk about the resolution. They don't talk about the frame rate. They talk about the games. When you watch a press conference of, you know, talking about the PS5 or the Xbox Series X, they talk about the most powerful console ever, the best graphics ever. Um, When you talk about the PS5, the worst looking console ever. Sorry, I had to throw that dig in there. But that's very different than Nintendo. Nintendo just talks about the games and what the technology that they're using can do to give you a new experience with the games. And Quite often, that's not about graphical fidelity. Now, I'm not a video game engineer, but from my understanding is the current suite of engines that are used to make most video games, like the Unreal Engine and the... um, What's the other one? I always forget this one. It also starts with a U. There's Unreal, and then there's Unity. All right? You can stop shouting at your screens. Um... You know, or or maybe even Frostbite. I don't know if th- that one's quite as scalable. But m- most of the games are made on engines that are very scalable. This has been demonstrated when we did the mid-cycle refresh of the last generation for the, the Xbox One and then the Xbox uh, One X and then the Xbox One S, you know, all those different versions, and then you had the PS4 and the PS4 Pro. One of the things, and I've said this on the show before, one of the things that I was worried about is are they able to make the games that'll run on every version of the Xbox, or or in my case, because I had a uh, PS4 and PS4 Pro, every version of the PS4. I didn't want companies to say all right well we're just going to ignore the higher end systems because those higher end systems aren't in as many houses and we'll just make our games for the lower end systems conversely i also didn't want companies to say well we'll just make a game for the higher end system and on the lower end system screw those people because you know they they don't have as much money you know that kind of thing Um, I didn't want either of those things to happen. I was really worried that that's what was going to happen. But to my surprise, both Xbox and um, PlayStation, they were able to require that the games would run pretty well on all different versions of the system. 
that's great. And then you have, you know, games that, you know, were made for last gen, but then they were brought to the Nintendo Switch and they they ran pretty well on the Switch as well. Obviously not at the same resolution, not at the same frame rate, but the the ports were coming. And I think that that is because of the scalability of all of these engines. So while that that kind of pokes holes in my argument that you know, doing this now is a great idea because it makes life easier for uh, third-party publishers to bring their games to the Nintendo Switch. Maybe it doesn't make it all that much easier because the engines are so scalable. Or maybe I'm correct about that. Who knows? Um, the The fact of the matter is they they specifically have said we're going to bring in the, the Nintendo Switch when it makes sense for us to bring the the next version of the Nintendo Switch. We were having a a discussion in our community Discord. There's a link in the description down below if you're watching this on our YouTube channel. And uh one of the things that we were saying in there is that maybe the next Nintendo Switch isn't part of the Switch family. It's actually Nintendo's next system. I mean Everybody, myself included, is just assuming that it is a foregone conclusion that Nintendo is going to do a mid-gen recycle of the Switch with maybe a bigger screen or something like that. Maybe they won't. You know, we're just assuming that that's what they're going to do because that's what Sony's done. That's what Microsoft's done. That's what Nintendo has done in the past with their portable systems. It's a fairly common thing to do. But Nintendo has already done that once. You know, they went from the... I forget what the letters are on the back of the Nintendo Switch. They went from the HAC001, which was the original OG Switch, to the HAC001, and then in parentheses, Dash 01, which was a Nintendo Switch with a more efficient chip which allowed it to take the battery, the same battery that was in the original Switch, and last longer, which is a fantastic thing. And if you have one of the older Switches and you play portably a lot, you want to upgrade if you can. But, you know, we've we've had that as a mid-cycle refresh, and then we had the Nintendo Switch Lite as a mid-cycle refresh. Everybody's assuming that Nintendo's going to make a more powerful Switch as a mid-cycle refresh, maybe they're not going to. Maybe they are just simply going to continue doing what they've been doing all along and keep the Nintendo Switch at or below its current power level. Because, you know what? I wish that I had looked this up before I started recording. There's a quote from... Uh, oh gosh, and now I'm I'm even forgetting his name. The guy who invented the D-pad, the guy who invented the Game and Watch. He worked at, on Nintendo's factory floor, and Mr. Yamauchi saw him and said, "Hey, uh, can you turn that little thing that you're messing around with into a toy that we can sell at Christmas?" And basically brought Nintendo from a card company into a toy company, which led down the road to it becoming. A video game company. Okay, I went and I looked up his name and the quote that I was trying to think of. It's a really great quote, and it absolutely sums up Nintendo's 
way of thinking about technology. And it's actually kind of being paraphrased here by Doug Bowser. But here's what what Mr. Yokoi said. Uh, Gunpei Yokoi said the Nintendo way of adapting technology is not to look for the state of the art, but to utilize mature technology that can be mass produced cheaply. Basically, this lateral thinking on withered technology uh, is this idea that we could be on the bleeding edge with PlayStation and Xbox. But if we do that, you're taking a huge, huge risk and you might fall on your face like they obviously did with the Wii U. I mean, that wasn't using bleeding edge technology, but they fell on their face. And imagine how much money they would have lost had the Wii U been more expensive than it actually was. Something to think about. Anyway, the whole point of that is to show that this is Nintendo's MO. Nintendo will update when they are ready to update. But that's not going to stop us from speculating because speculation and prognostication about what Nintendo is going to do is fun if for no other reason, then they are very, very hard to figure out. All right, let's talk about the stuff that we did not get to see at E3. Some of the things that I've predicted or other people predicted that didn't happen. And that means we're still left with some stuff up in the air. Uh, so first off, Bayonetta 3. I thought for sure that we were going to see some Bayonetta 3 footage at E3 this year. We did not. Nintendo has said, hey, we're still working on it. Don't worry. Cool. That's great. There's a lot of people out there who want to find out what's going on with this game. And Nintendo didn't tell us anything about it. And it's been a while. I believe it was first announced at the Game Awards two years ago. It's been quite a long time. I'm very interested to see what's going on with that game. Another game that we didn't hear anything about either at uh, Square Enix's um, press conference or at Nintendo's press conference was Project Triangle Strategy. If you don't remember remember what that is, basically it is a, I don't want to say, uh, okay, I'm going to say a clone of Final Fantasy Tactics, okay? But that's just based on just the little fragment of gameplay that we got. Uh, but it's, it feels like a clone of Final Fantasy Tactics with the graphical uh, implementation of Octopath Traveler. I mean, it even has that same project in the working title anyway. I'm sure that at some point they're going to just call it Triangle Strategy because that's what they did with Octopath. Um, but we didn't see anything about that, which surprised me. I thought for sure that either Square Enix or Nintendo were going to include it in their um, in their press conference because a lot of people were excited for it. And there's already like some gameplay out there. So it would make sense to give us a little more information because we've had our hands on the demo. Okay, uh, Splatoon 3, we didn't see anything for Splatoon 3. We still don't know. If it is simply Splatoon 2 again with a new campaign, which in in my opinion would should just be DLC in that case, um, I really hope that that's not all it is. I hope that it is something more, something different than Splatoon 2. Not that Splatoon 2 is bad, but we already have Splatoon 2 and it still plays really, really well. So why should we do Splatoon 3? Nintendo hasn't told us yet. 
I really look forward to finding out more about that because that is one of my favorite new um, new IPs from Nintendo. Well, actually, it's one of my favorite new IPs from pretty much anybody. That game is amazing. Um, th- we didn't hear anything about ARMS. I'm really, you know, my fingers are crossed that we're going to get a, a sequel to ARMS. I mean, that is... I'm going to say it's 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 right up there with Smash Brothers as far as my personal favorite fighting games. I would uh, it depends on the day which one I would say that I like better. Obviously the depth of gameplay for uh, a fighting game is better or it's deeper for Smash Brothers just because the roster is so deep there then you can play forever. Um but with arms it doesn't have quite the as deep a roster but it's it's so intuitive and incredibly fun and the graphics are amazing uh and it's such a cool ip that i really hope for a sequel i don't know if a sequel is going to happen the game didn't do incredibly well even though it's fantastic i still lay that uh lay the blame at nintendo for that because of not anything to to do with the game but to do with when it was released it was basically sandwiched this is an online focused multiplayer game and they sandwiched arms between two other incredibly popular online focused multiplayer games uh that being uh mario kart 8 deluxe and splatoon 2 like those two games bookended Within, I think it was, within the uh, time span, I think of like eight weeks at most. If you, if you went from the release date of, you know, game A through to B through to C, I think that that, that window of time was only about eight weeks. And to throw a brand new online focused multiplayer game with a new IP that has not been uh, tested before at all between two juggernauts like that it just made it hard for arms to compete people just ignored it because they knew that they were going to be playing splatoon soon uh or people were too busy playing mario kart to give uh arms a chance so i was really hoping to get an arms 2 announcement but we didn't get that and i don't know that we ever will um xenoblade chronicles x very sad that that didn't get announced. I was hoping that that would get a, a, a remake on the Nintendo Switch. That doesn't mean it's not happening, but it's not happening right now. Uh, so, you know, sad. I'm sad about that. We didn't get GBA announcements, although, you know, we'll talk about GBA in just a little bit. There was no Star Fox, there was no F-Zero, and there was no new Donkey Kong. So, that's a lot of stuff that we didn't get. I'm got my fingers crossed for another Nintendo Direct. Listen, we just had a Nintendo Direct, Bill. Why are you asking for another Nintendo Direct? Because as cool as that Nintendo Direct was, there's a lot of people who were disappointed in that Nintendo Direct. If for no other reason that we didn't get to see any Metroid Prime uh, gameplay, we didn't get to find out the real release date for Breath of the Wild 2, and all of the things that I just listed off we didn't get to find out anything about any of those either. So there's still a lot for us to talk about with Nintendo. They're just keeping their cards very, very close to their chest. All right, let's talk real quick about some GBA games. Uh, there's rumors 
uh, due to a quote-unquote leak that um, Castlevania Advance Collection has been rated by the Australian Classification Board, kind of like their version of the ESRB. Or if you are over in Europe, the, oh my gosh, I can't remember, the PEGI system. Uh, so, you know, they they basically has, have leaked this idea that we're going to be getting a Castlevania Advance collection. That would be games like Circle of the Moon, Harmony of um, Dissonance, and Aria of Sorrow. So those three games... That would be incredibly cool. Um, I think they would look great on the Nintendo Switch screen. They've got a very, you know, it, that pixel art style always looks really good if you blow it up a little bit bigger and, and make the pixels just a little bit chunkier. I think that that would look great on the Switch. And it might also include other ones, but the idea that it says advance definitely makes it feel like it's the kind of games that would just be Game Boy games. Um, so even though we didn't get a GBA on the Nintendo Switch, it seems like we might getting some more GBA games on the Nintendo Switch from Konami. Uh, so that's actually kind of cool. Before we get out of here, I do want to just talk about very, very quickly about something that kind of cropped up in the middle of everything E3 and I didn't have a chance to cover it. Uh, and that is that Nintendo put out a software, a new firmware update, 12.0.3, and basically, it was making it so that people could not up um, uh, download things from the eShop. Now, I've checked. I have the most recent firmware version, and I'm able to download things from the eShop. So I'm not sure if I just got lucky and skipped that bad version. But even people in our community Discord have been complaining that they are unable to download games from the eShop, uh, and they're 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 not getting the newest firmware update version. So if you're running into that issue, what I would highly recommend is that you give Nintendo a call and ask them to take you step-by-step step through the process of fixing whatever the issue is. And I'll, I'll tell you, I've been on the phone with Nintendo a couple of times. Their customer service is really good. Of course, I was you know, having Joy-Con drift issues, which I wasn't happy about, but the people that I spoke to when I was on the phone with them, they, they like their English was great. I could understand what they were saying. They could understand what I was saying um, while we were trying, while we were waiting for them to put certain things through. We chatted about video games. I can't tell if it was from a script or not, but it was great customer service. So if you're running into this issue with your firmware, I would highly recommend that you give Nintendo a call. They'll get you fixed, I'm sure. Anyway, that's it for this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. If you didn't know, you can support the show over on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. We've got a bunch of patrons who are supporting the show either through the Buck a Month Club or through um, that, that gets you the show for ad ad free or there's some people who are uh, supporting the show uh, at the Early Access Club, which means that you get the show before everybody else. And then, of course, we have people who are at the higher tiers like Solo Something, John Eisenmenger, and uh, Bowser13. Thir uh, thank you guys very much for the support. I really do appreciate it. And Abigail13. Sorry, I, I confused two names. Um, but thank you very much for the support. You are, you are all awesome, awesome people. Uh, again, that URL uh, is... 
Oh, oh, and Orange Thunder. Gosh, I left people off by accident. I apologize. Um, head on over to patreon.com slash runjumpstomp and check that stuff out over there. And if you are watching this over on the YouTube channel and you want to watch the videos before anybody else, then uh, click on the join button right down below and you'll get access to those videos uh, a couple days early. Anyway, thank you very much for watching or listening, whichever you're doing. I'll see you next time. Stay awesome, everybody. We'll